The sky above the port was the color of television tuned to a dead channel. Those were the first words written in Neuromancer by William Gibson. Hey guys, you're listening to another episode of the Reading Runner podcast. I'm your host, the Reading Runner. Today's theme is going to be something that I regard as a small little faction of science fiction I'd like to call cyberpunk mixed in with a little robotics and artificial intelligence. So whether you're familiar with these subgenres or not, I hope you just strap yourselves in and enjoy the very long ride into a dystopian future filled with our robotic overlords. According to Bruce Sterling in the preface of one of William Gibson's books, Burning Chrome, which I just bought, by the way, um, cyberpunk is a subgenre of science fiction in a futuristic setting that tends to focus on a combination of low life and high tech. So basically you have highly advanced technological advancements plus advancements in science like artificial intelligence and cybernetics, all that sprinkled with usually a little bit of social disorder that the main characters, again, usually rise against. Let me hop on back to Neuromancer and tell you a little bit more about it. So William Gibson wrote this book in 1984 and it's regarded as the book that has sort of created the modern day cyberpunk aesthetic. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about neon lights and computer hacking, oppressed society meets higher order in the form of a computer sort of aesthetic. And here we are talking about whatever cyberpunk world you're in, you may actually have body parts replaced with some form of technology. So William Gibson is an American-Canadian writer. He was born in 1948 in South Carolina. And he started his work in the early 70s. And what I loved most about his work is that he explored the idea of having both human and computer networks mixed together. So unlike his predecessors who focused on human versus robot or human under control of a machine, he really explored what it's like to have a human explode into tiny little cyber branches into a, a world of computer. So it's like human goes in to machine sort of uh, style, if you will. And this is what made him uh, a pioneer of cyberpunk at the time. It was a huge hit. Massive success. Paved the way for the information age. And it took off. And many, many authors started borrowing from a similar theme, similar style for their novels. So going back to Neuromancer, it's set in this near dystopian future. And... The surrounding is an underground Shiba city. Here's where I think most cyberpunk novels and movies base their aesthetic, their background on somewhere around Japan. 
it just has this vibe to it that I think was inspired from William Gibson. And this world that they're in is a world where computer hackers can access big corporations by basically plugging themselves in to this network. And it's not just any network, it's a huge global sort of network called, wait for it, The Matrix. Does that sound familiar? Yep, the movie The Matrix probably did um, draw a lot of inspirations from Neuromancer. And I don't really want to give a lot about this book away, so I'm just going to stop there and talk to you about some of the books that were written before Neuromancer. And a lot of them were way ahead of their time. So let me now just transcend into the world of robotics and machinery in science fiction. But before I move forward, I have to mention this little novella that was first published in 1909 and then republished in 1928 and then in inducted into the Science Fiction Hall of Fame in 1973. The book I'm talking about is called The Machine Stops by E.M. Forrester. And I read it and I found it mind-blowing because it was written 110 years ago. And it explored a world where human beings lived underground in what looked like a room and they all rely on a giant machine to provide all of their needs, even like spiritual needs. And this book, believe it or not, predicted the internet and instant messaging. So that just made my jaw drop to the ground. Wow, just thinking about that. And from there, I'm going to talk about the father of robotics and science fiction. If you haven't guessed his name already, I am, of course, talking about Isaac Asimov. Asimov was an American writer, born in 1920, and then died in 1992. He was a biochemistry professor at Boston University, and he had kick-ass sideburns. Wow, you should you should just you should just search his sideburns right now, but not if you're driving. You obviously don't want to do that while you're driving. Anyway, a little sad story behind uh, Asimov. Uh, before I get into his books, is that he uh, he suffered from this major heart attack in the late '70s and had to undergo uh, a triple bypass surgery in the early 80s and as he was receiving a blood transfusion he contracted the HIV virus which eventually led to his death in 1992 because of complications from it and there was a lot of public controversy regarding blood transfusions and contracting HIV at the time which uh, which was very interesting to read if you have the time you should should look that up and see what a lot of uh, physicians at the time were trying to keep behind uh, closed doors, sort of. 
Back to the amazing works of Isaac Asimov, who, by the way, has been writing since the age of 11. So that just makes it way too hard to mention every single thing he's written. But I will mention the, the more popular books that started off his writing career. And they are the mid-1950s to 1980s robot series. So we're talking The Caves of Steel, The Naked Sun, The Robots of Dawn, Robots and Empire. Yeah, just basically a lot of robots. Also his very well-known Foundation series, which were originally just a trilogy written in the 1950s. And then some prequels and uh, sequels were done here and there later on. Um, I've only just read that one Foundation book, book one, and what I loved um, about that book was the sheer originality in this. And what I mean here is that it revolved around what is called psychohistory. I think he coined that term. I'm not really sure. I need to check. And uh, it moved around the aspect of having psychohistorians. He did a very great job at blending psychology with robotics. And I'd really like you to... Um, go into the series just completely blind. In addition to that, he wrote a series of short stories, and one that I've read and loved is called iRobot. iRobot, written in 1950. Um, if you're thinking about the movie with Will Smith, let me just start out by telling you that that movie is an abomination and does not represent anything to do with this book other than maybe the name and some inspiration here and there. The book is actually a series of short stories in a narrative called a framing narrative. So it's told in an interview format with a psychologist. And uh, this psychologist, uh, Dr. Susan Calvin, is telling a reporter what went on in different periods of time and each period is actually a short story in the novel. So, like, she invented the first robot and watched the evolution of robots throughout the years. It's kind of like an exploration of the idea of human interactions with robots as they evolve and what happens to this human-robot relationship when robots become too highly advanced. And Asimov was very famously known for creating the three laws of robotics, and they are the first law, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. The second law of robotics states that a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. And finally, the third law states that a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second laws. This concludes my little bit on Asimov. 
And finally, my current read, Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, is just so awesome. It's a cyberpunk novel about hero protagonist, a pizza delivery driver who is also a samurai warrior in the metaverse. I believe there's a movie coming out, um, a Snow Crash movie, but maybe it's stuck in production hell or something. I believe I read that somewhere. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Until next time.